GalaxyCon Live is the place for you to hear about fandom from the celebrities who bring geek culture to life. Jatha poo makukat bog bo yamare ye GalaxyCon yin me nok me kubabak bok ko niso. And for those of you without Universal Translators, welcome, friends and fans, to another episode of GalaxyCon Live, where we are bringing the convention experience directly to you. And today, we are going back to the final frontier with some very special and honorable guests related to Star Trek. So without further ado, let's, let's grab our bathless and bring them up. Our first guest is an actor whose credits include Knight Rider, The Flash, and the highly undervalued anthology series Darkroom. Today he joins us to discuss the role of Klingon Chancellor Galron and other ancillary Star Trek characters. Please welcome back Robert O'Reilly. Hello! How are you? Oh! <laughs> Robert, you've never looked better! Oh, there you are. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Robert, how you been? I've been good, I've been good. Absolutely. Enjoying the the show, <laughs> yeah, the show that was uh, the the horror show that was twenty twenty. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, yeah. now that it's over, it's all good. Well, uh, like I said, I th I think we can all see the light at the end of the tunnel. We're not quite there yet, but we can see it now, and and we're we're making progress as as a society, as I call it. So we're right. vaccinated now. Oh, good on you! Absolutely got uh, both shots. Both shots. All good. Bravo, bravo. Well, Robert, great to have you here. We had such fun last summer. Uh, hope to do it again. Let's bring out our other guests and let let the festivities and the combat and the honor begin. Absolutely. <laughs> our next guest is an actress whose numerous credits include Virgin River, Black Summer, and Da Vinci's Inquest. Today, she joins us to discuss the role of Victor of the House of Duras and other Star Trek roles. Please welcome Gwyneth Walsh. Hello, hello, hello. I have no puppet. I am oh, puppetless. So that's fine. But, lost. but you have a barefoot in the park action figure that you showed us. I do. I do. I was, I was showing that earlier. I, probably people can't see it. A modified barefoot in the park action figure. Sl Bator slash Ethel Banks. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Taste, I think, but there we are. <laughs> there you go. Like, Gwyneth, how are you? I am doing so much better than I was, you know, six months ago. I, I was listening to what you were saying to Robert. And yes, thank God that 2020 is over and, and let 2021. Oh, my dog just came into the room. Feel free to introduce us. We, at GalaxyCon, we love meeting our guest pets. Yeah, um, let 2021 continue to unfold in the mostly benevolent way that it has been moving. Yes, mostly benevolent is is a very, very good way of putting it. Yes, not close. <laughs> we're hoping. Absolutely. And, and let me just say that uh, you've had a really, really solid uh, body of work. You've appeared in a lot of stuff uh, that I held dear to my heart when they were on. Uh, Friday the 13th, the series, War of the Worlds, Alien Nation, Captain Power. <laughs> Captain Power, yeah. yeah it goes back yeah. a long way. Stress, uh, like yeah. 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 I guess I've, you know, I've done a lot of sci-fi in my time, so. Yeah, so you 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 were in the mix before the headdress and the and the teeth, and well, let's bring out the other guy, then we'll talk about that. The other clamshell. <laughs> <laughs> he is an actor. His body of work includes Quantum Leap, Highlander, and Zorro. Today, he joins us to talk about the role of General and later Chancellor Martok and his changeling duplicate and other Star Trek roles. Please welcome back J.G. Hertzler. Yay! Yeah, where's that? Is is Shatner here yet? Where's Shatner? Uh he's he'll be he'll be here in a few in a few weeks. I'm afraid he's oh, not scheduled well, for this event. Very sorry. A few weeks. 
Well, I'm not going to stay on here. What are you? You got who you got? O'Reilly and yeah. Welsh? No, I'm not. I've, I've got things to do, man. I'm I'm out of here. Ah. <laughs> Get that puppet gone. It's sort of the Muppet Show gone wild around here, isn't it? We we wish. You know, the Muppets, you know where the Muppets started, Gwyneth? Where? Doing in my backyard. Commercials in Washington, D.C. Over my backyard many years ago. In Robert's backyard. Yes, yes, yes. No, you know, that's what that's what happens. I've actually altered his microphone so he can't get anything beyond the static because he always interrupts. When I start to tell a story, it suddenly becomes Bob. So I'm not going to let that happen. Just a, just a warning. So anyway, uh, you were talking about the Muppets and oh, yeah. uh, their commercial your ass. <laughs> Were you talking about the Wilkins coffee commercials? Yes. Yes. I oh, have no recollection of those. Uh, they're all on YouTube. Yeah, and yes. Wilkins. Yeah. They are, um, they are, they are demented. Because I lived in D.C. So I grew up with Kermit doing the uh, coffee commercials. I love Oh, wow, Now I understand. You kind of look was, a little bit like Kermit. No. I was, you know, Kermit was the first. But the first Cookie Monster, they look a lot more like the Cookie Monster. Rolf was 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 the first Muppet, according to Jim Henson. He considers that way too. And, what the hell does uh, Henson know? Oh yeah, I know. Same thing. Yeah, that like Come that guy on, Roddenberry. Man. What the hell, man? What he's so old. He, well, well, he's gone, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, they are. Ah, uh, you know, I I could talk. I could talk Muppets and Wilkins, Walkins all day. But uh, hey, well, welcome, to the God Live, everybody. <laughs> Patty, are you from DC? Miami. No. no, I'm in I'm in Florida. But like I said, those commercials are, are available Where were you on YouTube. Born? Where was I born? Yeah. Uh Nashville. But my parents moved us away quickly before I could pick up local colloquialisms. Oh, Nashville's wow. a great town. Uh, yes, it is. It's shall not we sing, shall we all sing Nashville cats? Nashville cats. I don't Nashville. know that I only if you could do it in Klingon. Wait a minute, Nashville Cats. Yeah. I do not know this song. You oh, don't you know time. Nashville Cats, clean as so country water. Yeah. There's so many things I don't know. I can do. Or Jim Well, we didn't do Nashville Cats, but uh, just about everybody did back in the day. Yeah. I was yeah. in a rock and roll band from 66 to 68, and that was the height of rock and roll. There were well, I was a very, very young child at that point. So no, you weren't around. I wasn't you paying attention to rock bands. Mm. In 66 and 68, I was a very young individual. Oh, well, you might have been around, yeah. Mm. You might have been two or three. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not paying attention to rock bands, though. You know, my better half is, uh, is uh, 16 years my junior. And she, <laughs> I got a picture of me doing McMurphy. Uh, in graduate school at University of Maryland. And there's a picture also attached to that picture of her in her little majorette costume at age yeah. eight. <laughs> at the same age. For the same year, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, first of all, everybody, welcome to the show. As always, we're looking forward to the day, and we hope that is on the horizon, that we can once again host you on our physical stages and get you all back in front of your fans. In the meantime, we're back in this format, the GalaxyCon virtual stage. Absolute pleasure to have you. Team is almost ready with questions, but I just want to throw this out. Um, 
what's 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 the most fun part about playing uh, th these this this character archetype which started out as the mustache twirling villains and then in next generation ds9 they evolved into this warrior culture and everything else what's been the fun most fun takeaway part about playing a klingon gentlemen i defer to you first i defer to age uh, well okay um <laughs> since i'm the aged one uh I, I, it was the perfect role for me. I mean, it was like I, I, I always wanted to, because I was an original, you know, the original fan of the original show. I always wanted to play a king Klingon, and uh, it, I got my dream come true. And it was like once you put the once I they put the makeup on me, I just felt I was there. It was just perfect. That's what I had always wanted to do as an actor. So I got to do it for almost ten years. So made me happy. Yeah. And and then this this guy with the goatee and the stuff, you know, he made me very sad because he killed me off. It was very very sad. I yeah. take my nose at you. <laughs> <laughs> well, so gotta, you know, unfortunately, of course, Barbara, alas, is no longer with us. But right. um, that was one of my favorite parts of of uh, creating Batur. and and for both of us it was it was a wide open landscape because they really hadn't had that many female Klingons before oh, no. and so we kind of got to just do whatever the heck we wanted and um, we worked together very well and it's just always so much fun to play a villain they're always so much more interesting than than the um, than the good people. And you guys were so wonderful. I was actually there the day that you shot the scene where you took your nails and you went like this over Patrick's head. Uh, I was when you did that. I just I, I almost cracked up and ruined the, the shot. It was, it, was, <laughs> it, was just, it was just brilliant, 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 brilliant. One of my favorite moments watching. Patrick's head. Yes, be still yeah. there. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, you really, you, you, yeah, absolutely. The two of you just uh, such gusto, and but it never, it never fell into any sort of a cartoony sort of thing either. It was just like, th yeah, th th this is this is what we're getting. Really, really good villains, really strong out there, and definitely female, and not from not from the press plates, obviously too. It was it although was, that was a large part of our success. I mean, uh, I still get many, many questions about that particular part of my anatomy, <laughs> which generally I try to deflect. But but I love that I love the the the, the political machinations. The fact that uh, the two characters were working behind the scenes, behind the throne, to put the nephew on, and they were gonna they were gonna run things through him, and it was it was a great arc and. I read the original draft of Generations where your characters lived, and I wish they had kept that. Yes, we were sad when that changed, but there you go. It was, you know, it was a crossover film where they had the two sets of casts, and there were a lot of people that, that deserve screen time, and so we just sort of ended up being bumped down the ladder. It's the way it goes. That's showbiz. Yep. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, uh, I was very excited very excited to be able to play a Klingon. And I was so looking forward to the gold lame and the spandex <laughs> and the costumes that cost $4.82. And then they put this leather stuff on me and the, you know, the face make. I wanted the Fu Manchu and the spandex. And, and I, I come into the show and it's, you know, it's leather tunics. And uh, it looked like operatic. I, yeah, I was so angry. I was just angry. Didn't you like the teeth? 
yeah, luckily they gave me a ballot. Yeah. And that was the most fun for me. How, how about the teeth they gave you? The, or the tooth they gave you? The you one did, tooth. You had one tooth? You yeah, didn't have the whole... I had one giant tooth. Have you seen Have you seen all the episodes? Because <laughs> I had one giant tooth. Just yeah, one. Spinal tooth, yeah. JJ, were you able to see through the, the, the missing eye through that makeup, or were you blind in that eye figuratively and literally? What were you saying? When... <laughs> Are we being are we being mean to the delicately sighted here? <laughs> you know, actually, somebody said to me at a convention, uh, one of the uh, cons. Somebody said I I was so he forgot. He's so old. He now forgot. <laughs> well, I was, I felt so <laughs> proud that uh, he perhaps he was he had a a bad leg or a bad arm or something. I was so proud that you, with your one eye, were able to <laughs> overcome that handicap. And I said, well, thank you very much. In fact, I do have only one good eye. Uh, this is a little known fact, except for the five million people I've told. Over the years. Yeah. Over the years, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I only have a good, I have a good right eye. And uh, the left eye is um, literally blind. And so they, they, when they first wanted to put a, a covering over my eye, they said, we're going to cover up your left, your right eye. And I said, no, 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 no. No, no, that's not what you said. You went, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I said, why not? Because I can't see. <laughs> anyway, I loved it. And they wanted, to, they wanted to give me an artificial eye. And I said, literally, give me an artificial eye. He said, don't worry about the, uh, the wound. We'll give you an artificial eye. I said, do not do that. But, you know, I, it's it's a it's a, a scar of pride. Yeah, it gets a little it's a little difficult when you have both eyes scarred out. That's tough to uh, for a Klingon warrior. <laughs> Just tell them to point me in the right direction, give me two batlets, and set me free. You're good to go. Now, it's interesting <laughs> when JG talks to somebody on a set and they say, "Well, we'll give you one eye." It, it's not like you're looking at a Klingon. Who's dressed? Who's about six? You were about six three in those days, and you weighed about two forty. <laughs> yeah, no, I was never six three. If I'd have been, if I'd have been six three, Bob, I would never would have gotten into theater. I would, I'd still be playing football. But I was only six one, and it wasn't big enough. Well, you looked a lot bigger than me. I mean, you know, you were. I you used. Well, you all had the platform boots on. Yeah, and yeah stuff we had like platform that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the, I, the, the I, kiss I, boots, I, like all those. I never did. But, yes, uh, very much. <laughs> but they did give one actor who was he was six. He was about six five, and they gave him li literally platform shoes like that. He was an older guy. He was probably around 70, 65 or seventy. Patrick and I are standing there. And we're talking, and he's right over on the side of us. And then we both turned the camera, and they weren't sure it was a rehearsal. And then we turned around, and he was gone. And he had fallen off the stage. Mm. <laughs> oh, no. And we were both like, you know, looking at him, uh, are you okay? And he was like a turtle because he couldn't get up. Because it <laughs> it's one of the first rules of acting. <laughs> Stay on the stage oh. and don't oh. step on your cape. 
When I was a fledgling theater actor, I did a performance of Dracula and it was on a revolve, which means oh, that the stage is going around. Yeah. And so this is period work. So I have, you know, like my big, basically almost a hoop skirt and the revolve went around and I misjudged where backstage was and plummeted into the audience. But fortunately, there were no tables near me. So oh. I was able to crawl on my hands and knees through the curtain that took me backstage. Yes, it is a skill. Learn how to stay on the stage. Kind of important. Well, yeah. my, only, my only professional audition for a musical, I fell off the stage. What is this? I also fell flat on my ass when I was auditioning for someone once because the floor was so shiny and my yeah. heels were so high, but I still got the part. So there you go. I think they were just amazed that I could bounce back up and still Absolutely. say my name. Takes a licking and she keeps on ticking. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, learn to, learn to hit your mark. And by that, don't fall off the damn stage. Yes. Yeah. You know, I used to talk everybody out of the robe. You know, because the robe means you're the head of the Klingon Empire. Yeah. So, and, and they made it for somebody who was six foot, foot five, who was Charlie Cooper. And he was a huge guy. And they never adjusted it for me. So I would drag it around. And then I would talk them out of it. And finally, one day, they said, no, you have to wear it in this scene. And it was when Avery was directing. And the scene was with Avery. Mm -hmm. And the camera kept rolling over no. my, my robe because the guy was, he was following me. And yeah. it, all of a sudden, I'd be going, take one. And I go, <laughs> and they go, Bob, what's the matter? I'm being I, said, I, I don't know, you know, because I wasn't seeing it. I said something. You cracked your beam on me. <laughs> about the third take, we figured out he was rolling over my thing. But I was, he was like, Bob, will you just keep walking? Stop <laughs> You make your mark. And I went. You know, and they finally figured out it was the camera rolling over my face, my my robe. And yeah, I remember that because it was kind of like a it was like a half robe, half overcoat almost. Oh, it, it was horrible. It yeah, they re it was recycled from Star Trek Five, I believe. It, it, it was yes, exactly. Was it really? Yes, exactly. And oh. it, it was um, yeah, it, it was about sixty pounds wool. You know, the heavy navy wool. Yeah. Uh, really you know that was sold in the big uh, auction that it was in England. Yeah. yeah, an Englishman bought. Yeah, yeah, and they paid five dollars and eighty-two. No, actually, he's about, <laughs> he's about actually, it was about ten grand, but they had to pay taxes. Yeah, that was about equal to get it into the country. Yeah. yeah, probably, yeah. probably. So, did they? Uh, did any of you guys uh, keep your any of your original headpieces? I, I, you know, I still think I might have a clamshell or two. Up in the attic, yeah. I, I, I kept the it. attic. I, yes, I have an attic. I have, I have a Dorian Gray attic. And I, and I think attic. I gave one of them to a charity um, auction once, but I still think I have one. And of course, I have my teeth. You have your teeth. Bob. We all have our teeth. I have two yeah, sets. No one else can wear your teeth. I, 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 I've noticed uh, with other Trek casts, Armin Shimmerman said, uh, "Yeah, I lost my headpiece years ago, but I still have my teeth." And yeah. it seems like. Yeah, I'll attract everything to see because molded onto them. Yeah, I would wear the. I don't, you know, I don't have my teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have them. I didn't get any brain cells either. I never get them. 
Because I know these, I know these guys go out when when they're allowed to go back out again. They'll take their little show on the road and dress up in the full makeup and kill each other on stage. And- You're damn right. And if we could, if we could pay Gwyneth to join us, here's what I want to do, Gwyneth. What's that? I want a '59 Cadillac convertible. Uh-huh. And I'm gonna drive around with Bob, and now you, if you'll go as Klingons, as Klingons, or as what, whatever, or, or, or as us, and we'll do right. about the our lives in Hollywood, where oh, I, I just blew the hell out of that audition right over there. I remember that, you know, and just have you seen tilt? Have you seen Men in Kilts? And there's the water tower, of Water Brothers. So it's sort of like. Instead of comedians in cars, it's Klingons in, in cars. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I I think there's a reality series in this. God damn it! Exactly. Right. I think you're right. Or you know, CBS just became Paramount Plus, and they got to be looking for new content. I'm absolutely, I'm on just the phone right now. Just say it. CBS. <laughs> yeah. That's the 59 Caddy thing I was talking about. All right. <laughs> and speaking of recently, uh, JG, you just did a voiceover on uh, Lower Decks. I did. Yes. <laughs> how, right. did, how did that come about? Well, uh, it was amazing. I sounded amazingly like a Klingon in it. I don't know how that had, I don't know how it came about. They just said, can you? Oh, no, I read for it. And I set, uh, I did the recording here and I sent it over there. I got. Uh, they they said it's going to be a recurring role. Well, that's the last I ever heard from them. <laughs> so, Lord Dex, if you're listening, I am still available. <laughs> but I loved it. I love doing it. He's I mean, waiting. You know, He's waiting. It's so fast. The writing is so fast and so funny. I I got a kick out of it. You know it, Gwyneth. No, no, I haven't seen it. I don't the, know. It. The animated series Star Trek Lower Decks, which is a comedy series in the Star in the Star Trek universe, a little bit after the DS9 years. When you say it's animated now, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I have heard of it. Yeah. Did I just say Lower Depths? You know, there's a horrible no, play by Gorky. Gorky. It's oh, not Gorky. It's, it's not Gorky. I did that play. I did that play. Yeah. <laughs> we are thespians. We have done many things. We are thespians. I've done the entire canon backwards and forwards of Shakespeare. Every year I have a festival. It's just me, but uh, it's incredibly entertaining. And the animals around me all watch it, the rabbits and the foxes. and, and Yes, the cows. The cows and the, old around. the, old the cows and the goats and the orangutans and the fruit bats. I, I live in the middle of a berries while they're watching. Yes. So we sell them berries. But we really should we really should do that. So I'll, I'll be in touch, Gwyneth. All right. Yeah. Okay. We need to do I'm it. I'm not saying no. No, I All hear right. I hear it. All right. The uh, Klingons and Cars uh, chat room. Let's start that hashtag on social media. Let's see if we can get that going. And let's go ahead and switch over to audience questions because I think we've got some lined up. All right. And this person comes from, oh, Lisa, number one Trek fan. She comes to uh, our, all of our Trek events. She wants to know how much Klingon can you spontaneously speak? Everybody. Everybody. 
ma o you know we could also uh, uh, sing our klingon song you mean <laughs> you taught this to me at one point but it's so long ago i've forgotten it well let's let's try it we, please we are, we are the klingons no others needed here garon mott our familiar love to hear Thus a bait to corporate brother wolf honor and glory you'll stick your metamorphs if there's a problem yo we'll resolve it you kill them all first that's the only way to solve it cling on now enterprise ain't running and new episodes are shooting ain't no ridge on the bridge they started out losing track without Klingons. what could they be thinking without blood they don't even if there's a problem yo we'll resolve it kill them all first that's the only way to solve it even the tricky borg ain't nothing next to us we out. We out. Gwyneth, uh, years ago, did you ever think, oh, I'll do a little bit part on Star Trek and it'll be fun? And and now now this. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's now <laughs> good. As a, the gig that keeps gigging. That's what I, I refer to as Star Trek. As, so, and Lisa, thank you. That, that was, we're going to break the internet. Well, we're going to bend the internet with that, I guarantee. Who, uh, Lisa asked that question? Yeah, Lisa. Where are you? Where was she from? Did you, did, did you have that? Oh, uh, I didn't have that online. I uh, She talks to me a lot through our, our Twitter. And yeah, she comes to all of our virtual Star Trek events. She came to our and one we had, we did last summer. And she joined us. Fabulous. Well, so. So she is a treasure. So what do we have next? And this comes from Gene. What storyline really defined the character you played? Uh, that's all of us. Yep. Uh, who wants to start? Not me. I'll you start real quick. The, the, the storyline for me that was the most effective in creating a, a biography and everything else was uh, Once More Into the Breach that, that conjured up the pain that my father, Martok's father, Erthog, felt when I was denied admission into the uh, Klingon officer's candidate school because I was not of noble blood. And uh, I resented core for that for my lifetime and beyond. And when he came back to the ship to seek an honorable death at the end of his life, I said, no, F you. I'm not helping you at all, old man. And I didn't. And they said, well, but, but you have to you have to sing the song, you know, celebrating. I said, no, I don't forgive. <laughs> no. And uh, that was Martok. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You and know, now, um, Barbara and I, the dress, we were just kind of plunked in from here to there. And we rarely had any long arcs. So I really don't know how to answer that. I mean, I don't think there was one because we, we had a couple of two-parters, but then they kind of, <clears throat> Like they forgot about us for a long time and then they brought us back in just before they were going to do Star Trek 7 because they wanted to remind the audience of who we were. But we didn't really have any long arcs, so to speak of. So we defined the characters that we played. That's my answer. Did you do anything with uh, Patrick Massonet, uh, Duras? Nope. Head of the Dura House Duras? They, 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 were, they were brother and sister, right? You were... I don't know yeah, if it was a brother or a father. We never worked with Patrick. Oh. We worked with. No, they were. Uh, I'm going to say no. No, there was. You know, there was our nephew, and that was it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, he, when he, when Worf killed him in the duel, and they came out that way, then all of a sudden, well, he has sisters. Like, really? Yeah, what do they want? Really? Yeah. <laughs> you. I, will, I will say, uh, Gwyneth, I think I did like the appearance on DS9, though. I think that was good because it, it gave you guys something else to do besides the machinations. It was a little, okay, you had a, still a scheme going on, but it wasn't, the empire wasn't at stake because it was a little, yeah. was a little more latitude for the characters. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. With me, it was really the introduction of my character and the arc was that I was an outsider who was honest and coming in to a corrupt empire. You were what? I don't believe it. Honest? You see, you've never watched the shows. So no, no. I never watched your episodes. You watched the show. I, mean, and I was an outsider and coming in, you know, from, you know, not being accepted by anybody in the Empire for a very, very long time. So I had to make up that whole, almost the same thing as JG in the sense of the class. But I was on the outside. It was interesting because I was doing Lear at the same time the audition occurred and, and I was doing Edmund and Lear. Uh, it was a similar character. So I brought that into the audition, the anger and, and the, you know, the hurt and the anger and, the, and you know, getting back at the empire and, and trying to, to get rid of the corruption, you know, immediately. And the only way I could do that obviously is to kill Duras, but Worf did it for me, so. Indeed. And yeah, it, it, in that episode, he even says too that, uh, yeah, well, Gowron has disagreed with the council before and uh, your, yeah, your character was the, was the dark horse candidate, literally. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. and uh, it was just wonderful going in and working with Patrick right away. I mean, it was, you know, it was like, wow, it's, you know, wine and caviar time. Uh, oh, he was a gift. Yeah. He was literally the he was wonderful. And we created a lot of the stuff that happened to be Klingon, you know, before it was Klingon, you know, yeah. right on the sets. You were uh, Klingon before it was cool, baby. Well, you, I don't know about that, but it was always cool to be Klingon. You know, I, I, I love the original ones, too. You know? It was really cool when I came on the show, though, is all I'm saying. Not as not as cool. But, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for the, the reboot or something that says that the second Gowron was still another changeling and the real Gowron's still around. Well, yes, I, well, that was an interesting wait, you know, when, when, because we didn't find out right away who was going to be the changeling. Um, sitting on, uh, you might know more about it than I do, but. You know, I'm going, well, who's the changeling in this show? When are we going to find out the answer? Uh, I, I, I honestly, I, I, from what I've heard various theories, sometimes, oh, we knew all along. And then I've heard other sources say like, ah, we, no. when we had to write the script, then we sat down. Okay, so who is it? I think if I was a changeling, I would have been killed right there. And and I, I think they worked out a way that, to keep, you know, to make JG's. Mark, wait a Mark, minute, Bob. Wait a minute. Yeah. They, oh, that's right. You were supposed to. This is what I heard. Yeah, you were yeah. supposed to be the changeling in the what the fourth season when that when uh, I came on the show. Yeah, you were supposed to be the changeling. Yeah, and then they thought. Ron, and Ron Moore said this. He said we thought it was too packed that that Galron would be the yeah. changeling. Yeah, and we made Martok the changeling, and that way we could just obliterate him 
and we don't we don't lose the wonderful character of Galrod, right? <laughs> well, yeah, but they were able to get you in jail, and, and well, it, it turned out that I was in fact a changeling. Yeah, and the yeah. real Martok was on that prison planet. Once yeah. they realized how talented I actually was, they <laughs> said we we've got to keep that guy on the show. He will save Star Trek. He <laughs> was in danger of dying. Yeah. You really got him going. They said, we've done the big eye thing. coming after you. Yeah, they said, we've done the big eye thing with Galron. Now, maybe a one eye thing with, with Mark. <laughs> Uh, Gene, thank you. Great question. And let's roll another one. And this comes from Ernesto. Ernesto. Do you have, any of you have a favorite writer or director from any of your Star Trek appearances? Goes without saying. I, I mean, I, Ron Moore, I, you Ron know, Moore. Is, uh, is, you know, because his Klingon stuff was just, you know, it, it, was, it, was, it was heroic. It was over the top. It was yeah. beautiful language. It was, it was easy um, uh, in many ways, and and directors. There were so many directors uh, on Star Trek that I love. Jonathan Frakes being the number one for me because he hired me, and we worked with a. I worked with him a lot because I worked with him for about two and a half weeks doing the CD, and it was you know it was mm -hmm. uh, a huge role, and he was really support. I mean. He's so wonderful, and and but there, you know, Les Landau is wonderful, and and there were so many, you know, uh, you know, Avery, I, Avery directed me in one, and he was great too because we were acting at the same time, and I trusted him immensely. It's easy to, I think, to trust guys and gals who are actors mm -hmm. a little bit more. It, maybe that's not correct, but uh, in many ways, because I've had other directors that are good. But I, I innately, it's probably me, I innately trust them, you know, if I respect them. And I, I respected, uh, you know, uh, both those people as actors, yeah. and they were wonderful. You know. I did owe the Ron Moore, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, and as we can see from what else he's gone on to create, I mean, he's got quite a Quite a fertile Unbelievable. mind. Unbelievable. Yes, list of credits. In fact, I, I, you know, I binged on uh, Outlander. I could not. I could not put it down. I could not stop watching Outlander. I. I wanted to be on that show, uh, so badly. I would. I. You know. I would. I'd still kill to be on that show, even though you stopped shooting. I, it. I, I, actually, <laughs> I actually thought you were on the show. Oh, I know. I wanted to work with. I, I saw one eyeball. Right in the corner, I said, <laughs> no. no, that was, you know, well, no. It is JG The yeah, best yeah. director, the, the one of the, well, there were several, but one of the greatest directors was LeVar Burton, who did, uh, directed Soldiers of the Empire. And he understood innately, as Bob was saying, as an actor, what the camera angle does to you in terms of the audience seeing that image, what it does if it changed the, the camera angle even slightly. But he also understood what a what an actor had to do to be able to fill that when the camera moves, when the camera angle is different. But LeVar, he said to me, he said, JG, you know, it's so amazing 
how much emotion you get with just one eye. I said, LeVar, what the hell are you talking about? You didn't have any eyes. <laughs> you were incredibly emotional. Uh, anyway. Yeah, you spent a whole spent eight seasons with a banana clip yeah. on his yeah. face, literally. <laughs> literally so. Oh, he, he, he got his sight? Yeah, there was. Yeah, yeah. There was one show he had his sight. I forget oh. what. Yeah, they did, and and in the feature films, they gave him the cloned eyes and all that yeah. stuff. So he eventually, yeah. he eventually got rid of the yeah. visor. Yeah. So, yeah. and Ernesto, Patty, do you have any product in your hair right now? Yes. No. Is no. it? Is don't, it? Don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> just, you're, just, oh, Patty, you're walking. This woman, Florida's biggest. And it was totally an accident. <laughs> I'm like version of Gracie Allen, aren't I? Yeah. Any other grooming or uh, sartorial advice I can give you today, JG? Well, <laughs> no, it's funny you should ask. No, I'm not going to go there, Gwyneth. <laughs> Gwyneth oh, no, please. I, 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 Gwyneth uh, had about a thousand people <laughs> laughing hysterically after a pause of silence from what she said. But I'm not going to expose it now. It's, we've done that enough. It's obviously something near and dear to your heart. So if Very you near and dear. Count, it's fine. Well, it's not oftentimes you fall on a stage in full makeup. Yeah, <laughs> and and the actor next to you does too. Yeah. All right, all right, Ernesto. Thank you. I think we got time for one more. So let's see if we can grow out a really fun one. What do we have? And some of Boris. Ooh, which character do you like the most? Me. Well, I'll say you, of course. Me. Me. In, in in what panel? I I, I I I would say in the Star Trek universe. Hmm. Oh, I was always a Spock person. I loved Spock. I was a McCoy person. Jimmy Doohan. Jimmy Doohan. Yeah, Jimmy uh, McCoy. Um, uh, all I can think of was DeForest Kelly. That's about it for me. That was the be-all and the end-all. I loved watching him. And I love watching Urban now play DeForest Kelly. You know, uh, yes, the, yeah, that generation and how they managed to subtly exactly. uh, channel really wonderful, yeah, very yeah, exactly. talented, yeah. and and still being the, themselves too, you know, and, yeah, and, yeah, and mesh it, you know, it, it was great, great, it great. was, it was, it was, it was never a caricature, it was never an impression, it was an absorption. Of the original portrayals yeah, into yeah. themselves. Well said, well said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, and uh, thank you, Boris. That was fun. Ah, uh, you know what? Our producer's having such fun. She just gave me license to keep going. So let's roll another one. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Katie. Oh, do any of you have a favorite memory from the set? I have wow. no memory at all from the set. Okay, it's uh, it's yeah. I'm not that age. Do, 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 no do you have any memories from yesterday? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's where I have my problem. <laughs> Where did I leave my glasses? Where did I leave my? Uh, uh, I there were so many for me because um, I, I worked over a long period of time. But one of them was, you know, 
you know, the one I already told the guy falling off stage, you know, Patrick. I wish somebody had a camera on us because we were like, what the hell's going on? The guy really disappeared. You know, I thought they had, you know, what what's the the thing where you disappear and you go. There were three cameras on you, Bob. Oh, I remember the TV show. I when I first got on there, I had to take out a ray gun. Okay, and uh, and I went like this. It's called a disruptor, but keep going. Yeah, whatever. My day was a ray gun. A ray gun. I took it out and I went. And this is why the camera's rolling and sound. It's a take. And I went, eh. <laughs> but I didn't know I did it. <laughs> and they said, and the sound guy said, somebody went, eh, doing it. And they said, well, who did it? And they didn't know. And so we went back to number two and we did take two. And, and they said, don't do that. Whoever did it, you know? Right. And, and I, and, I took out my ray gun again, and I went, ah, and I went, oh. <laughs> Everybody looked at me like. And that's Bob O'Reilly to a T. Well, I was. You know, be, being a six-year-old again. And just hey, at least he didn't hold a bathless and go. Like, talk about being embarrassed, you know. And just, I was tickled pink the first time I got to do the transporting thing that I remembered from the original series. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is actually remarkably simple when you do it. You just sort of stand there and you step out or it's empty and then you step in. But I could barely keep myself from giggling with delight, which would not have been a very Klingon thing to do just because I was so excited to be transporting myself. <laughs> It's true. I mean, everything I did, you know, I translated to the original Trek and actually I was doing something that I had watched 15, 20 years earlier and, and just yeah. thrilled by being, you know, on these sets, you know, it was just a power. I came back as a, uh, as Laws, uh, who was a changeling basically on one show with, uh, and Renee Aubergenois, my fellow changeling. Oh, took me in. Yeah. Took me into the uh, ten forward. What is it in, in the cafe, in the restaurant, whatever it was called in uh, DS Nine? Quark's bar. All the Quark's bar. All the regulars were there, and my job as the as the um, Christ, I can't even think what I just said. As the changeling walked in there, and I offended everybody there because he was just an asshole. So they. Not only did they do good casting with me, but they, <laughs> but I went in and I just pissed off everybody. And, and Odo was just flabbergasted because he wanted me to make a good impression for some reason. And as we walked out, I said, Well, that went very well, don't you think? <laughs> Yeah, God, you know, people don't realize it. Maybe they do, but but uh, Radio Bergenois is considered one of the greatest farceurs ever on oh, the American yeah. stage or the European yeah. stage. Yeah. He was an amazing, an amazing actor. I yeah. I saw him on the original cast of uh, City of Angels, and oh. uh, and I got to on our physical stages uh, a couple of years ago. I got to I spent an hour with him and. I, I geeked out hard. I mean, it was a live question. Like, okay, so uh, tell me about your episode of Baba Black Sheep. Okay, like tell you. Yeah, okay. Hey, you worked on the Wild Wild West reunion movie. What was that like? You know. Wow. 
and he and he well, took everything of wonderful nature, just absolutely gracious, and yeah. he really was everything that that everybody has said about him. Just a very, very, very gentle guy, and I heard he had the best weed out of anyone on the on the set. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Ah, <laughs> uh, Kitty, thank you. All right, let's do one more. And this is Robert. How long did it take for you to put on and take off? That a lot of people tend to forget the taking off part, the makeup. Uh, well, it it was it was pretty much uh, four hours uh, all the way through, except for the day that they put me into makeup, and I forgot my teeth, and I had to run back to my uh, house, which was about twenty minutes away, and I did it in ten, and. I came running up in full makeup and full wardrobe and my dog saw me and my dog went I bet. and I got that, but I got back in time that so that was five hours but they had me there so damn early it was ridiculous all of us four o'clock yeah, in the morning yeah, 3 30 3 a.m calls yeah it yeah. would take three and a half to four hours to get it on and then two hours to take it off because if you rushed it you would fry yeah. your skin it had to be yeah. done very carefully you can't just yeah. take everything off yeah, yeah. And i think they took longer for you to get out uh they, they um they fry you? a lot more to do and and yet a lot more body makeup too we were usually out i was usually out in an hour and uh, no, it was like an hour. Hour. Yeah, so, yeah not bad not bad not bad at all. So anybody else have any other extended or any other makeup from, because I know JJ, you played several uh, alien characters and it seemed like they were full, almost full total face. Was there any ones that took longer than your makeup? You know, uh, you know what I heard yesterday, a couple days ago, I think, or maybe it was two days. Yeah, I think it was two days ago. Somebody heard, I heard for the first time that, and I don't want to be uh, self-aggrandizing, but I will be. I oh, will be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. did one episode of uh, Voyager, Voyager, yeah, and uh, played a um, Herogen. Mm -hmm. First of all, the Herogens have more makeup than Klingons. <clears throat> they the only spot, the only part of my body that was not didn't have latex on it was the palm of my hand. They put they put they covered up my eyelashes with little late latex strips. Oh God! Wow. Yeah, but um, they said that that was that was the episode with The Rock, and yes. that was the all-time leading episode of Voyager. And uh, I think it was not The Rock, of course, that made it special. It was moi. Of course. Yes. Indubitably. As a Herodian. Yes. <laughs> yes. No. Exactly. As the Hiroshi. Yeah, because that makeup was, yeah, it was like a, almost a triangular sort of like a it was, face. No, on. It was a full face. It was yeah. full face, like the yeah. like Odo. Odo had a full face thing. Too. Yeah. Did, you, did you do a whole body thing too? Yeah, I had, I had, it was a like a neoprene suit over top of latex that went up to here. And it was also covered the back of your hands because it was this alien creature, you know? Right, right. Uh, as opposed so to a Klingon. Alien Nation, you had something that covered your ears. Exactly. Yeah. It was very much like Alien Nation. You know, walk around with earplugs in your ears for, for a few days so you could get used because it really was like you were kind of underwater when you were. Did shooting. you do Alien yeah. Nation? I did. Just one episode. 
Well, you know, Grant, uh, not Graham. What's it? Gary Graham. Gary Graham. Yeah, Gary. Yeah, Gary Graham. Yeah. Gary well, had no makeup, but the other actor, uh, the the alien. Uh, who was the alien actor in that? Eric Pierpoint. Mm -hmm. Eric something. I can't think of his name, but that <laughs> that would have driven me crazy every day. He I look on crazy. my phone. I look? Uh, I, I'm looking up. You all keep talking. Oh. But uh, no, Gary Graham, uh, it changed Gary completely. He became a staunch Republican, and I haven't been able to shake him out of that ever. <laughs> Gary and I, uh, <clears throat> if I see him on the sidewalk, we, we immediately go, you know, go. We, we throw down. And uh, he's a fairly small guy, but he's very strong. So... Luckily, I have my bat lift most of the time. And, I can <laughs> and you're correct. It was Eric Pierpoint. Oh, I was oh, right. Eric you were right. You were, yes. you were absolutely right. You were, uh, you were absolutely right. You were absolutely right. Katie, I, that was a wonderful question. And I, 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 wait, wait. Go ahead. Did, did a commercial once, and I played a Martian, and I was in full makeup from head to toe for 16 hours, and the inability to do anything. And I said, well, what happens And they said, you don't. You will, but you can't get out. And that's the way it happened. Anyway, uh, anyway, it was a Polaroid commercial. And it oh, took wow. over uh, Garner and so-and-sos. So it played for three years, March Madness. Nice. Nice. Oh, the sacrifices we make for our money in the bank. Those commercials, yeah. Well, GalaxyCon viewers, this has been my time with the Klingons of Star Trek. Gentlemen and lady, any final words for our audience before we go backstage? Kepla! <laughs> Kepla! I would like to sing with my friend again. Koi Kales Poo. Everybody asking us. Luego, mi amigos, mi amigas. It has been my absolute pleasure to serve you all today. Once again, thank you for joining us on the GalaxyCon virtual stage. Thank you to our audience for joining us today, and thank you for your great questions. Hope to see you all again soon. Until then, bye-bye, everyone. Take care. Please keep washing those hands.